is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script i got a little bit of extra for you it is april 16th 2023 i am jd from new york as always coming to you from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday afternoons wherever you may be we got a lot to get into today cm punk and the aew collision rumor that is going around right now where AEW is potentially set to split the rosters. We're going to get separate rosters from Dynamite and this new AEW Collision show that's going to be debuting this summer on TNT on Saturday night in prime time. I got a lot of questions about that, and I don't think that a brand split or what they're calling a soft brand split is the best thing for AEW right now, especially with the impending return of CM Punk. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because he is on his way back, whether you like it or not. We're also going to talk about WWE canceling the king and queen of the ring. This kind of broke my heart a little bit, man, with Triple H taking WWE creative away from Vince McMahon because of what happened last summer. One of the things that I wanted to have happen was Triple H bring back the King of the Ring, and now that's not going to happen, or is it? So we're going to talk about King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring being canceled, and in its place, Night of Champions taking place in Saudi Arabia. WWE and their hiring freeze. Is it real, or is it fake? False. Well, according to a new report, WWE is set to bring in some new significant performers. Then I ask, why did they pass on Jay White? I don't know. So there's a little bit of a logic gap in that report. We'll go over that. Drew McIntyre blacks out his social media. I'll give you the reasons or possible reasons as to why that happened. LA Knight is the big name rumored to win money in the bank already this year. And is Adam Copeland, Edge, set to join AEW after his WWE contract expires? This year, we have a lot to get into, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications so you are notified when uploads like this very one go live on the channel. And when I actually do the live streams on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, whenever it may be, you guys get the notifications that I am live on YouTube. So hit that bell and make sure that bell is turned on for all notifications. Go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel. Monday, we were live. Wednesday, we were live. Thursday and Friday, we were live. We're back today with some extra busy week, as always, right here for the podcast. So make sure you guys go check all that stuff out on the homepage. And please, you guys do not mind, 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS Extra. We're going to start.
thought at the top, man, the premium live events known as King of the Ring canceled. WWE is canceling the King and the Queen of the Ring. And in its place, Night of Champions on May 27th. WWE's pay-per-view calendar now looks like this. Backlash, May 6th in Puerto Rico. Night of Champions, May 27th in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Money in the Bank, July 1 from the O2 in London, England. And SummerSlam, <laughs> Summer Scam, on August 5th in Detroit, Michigan at Ford Field. Now, there is no reason as to why the King and Queen of the Ring were canceled. But WWE is taking this and replacing it with the Night of Champions. You know, my first instinct as always, is to say, yeah, let's blame. Let's blame Vince McMahon. There's going to be no tournaments in my WWE, pal. I, I want to I wanna go and blame Vince McMahon. Now, theoretically, we can go and blame Vince McMahon because King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring, trademarked Queen of the Ring, by the way, the WWE going to trademark that. Uh, this has been what the fans have been expecting for at least a couple of months. I mean, this was announced way before we even got any sort of uh, WrestleMania match announcements. This has been in the works for a couple of months, at least with the King and Queen of the Ring coming in May. Then all of a sudden, we start hearing reports about Vince McMahon is back, and he's paid off this one, he's paid off that one. I'm not in the weeds. I'm in the creative department at a higher level. So, I mean, if it's something that you want to come to me with as far as a topical discussion slash reason as to why the King of the Ring is uh, not going to take place, I mean, I would not argue with you. I would not combat that opinion at all. I would say, you know what, you got a point, and I'm not really going to say anything more. I have every reason to believe that Vince McMahon is the reason why this was canceled. But let's scale it back a little bit, and let's talk like adults and let's talk like the professionals that we are and the great shit that we do here on the podcast as possible reasons as to why the king of the ring is no longer a thing. Number one, crowning a king and queen of the ring. And you know that the Saudi Arabian government and that area of the world isn't really too keen on how WWE presents their women. They have their own lifestyle, their own beliefs, their own way of doing things over there. It's been like pulling teeth to get the women over there in a ring. And I don't know if the Saudi Arabian government was going to look at something like the king and queen of the ring to happen. I don't know if they wanted that to happen over there. Maybe it was a little bit of a disrespectful taste in their mouth. And that's the reason why they canceled that over in uh, Saudi Arabia for May 27th. I don't know. It's a possible reason. So that could be. Number two, WWE, I don't see them in 2023, especially with Vince McMahon in charge. I, I don't see WWE doing an entire tournament in one single night. And I would love to see something like that on pay-per-view, man. I, I mean, the 1993 King of the Ring, even the 1994 King of the Ring where Owen won it, Brett won it in 93, those shows mean a lot to me and my childhood. I mean, that's what I would love for WWE to go back there and do. I mean, it's, I mean, their pay-per-views are four hours now. I mean, you could give me a whole tournament in one night and crown a king 
and still do undercard matches on the same show. I mean, they made it work uh, back in the early 90s. Why can't they make it work now? We're not going to get that in 2023. Vince McMahon's never going to allow that to happen in WWE in 2023. So the way we were looking at it, I don't think WWE was going to do a whole tournament and we might have gotten maybe the semifinals and then the finals on pay-per-view. Same thing for the women. Or in worst case scenario, lessening that, maybe we just get the finals of the men's and the finals of the women's tournament. Is that really a king and queen of the ring? It really doesn't resonate with me if you're going to do most of the tournament on Raw and SmackDown and then do the finals at the pay-per-view. I kind of like to see it happen in one night, man. It's, it's something that I think is epic and it's a little bit more prestigious that way. You know, the attention span of the fans is like a fucking TikTok video now. They're not going to realize what happened three or four weeks ago in the fucking semifinals or uh, in, in a qualifying match. They're not going to worry about that. Having it play out in the same night, it's a little bit more exciting uh, as far as a viewer is concerned. But if WWE is canceling the king and the queen of the ring and they're giving us night of champions, this is not the worst change that I've seen WWE go out there and make. They could still do the King and Queen of the Ring tournaments on Raw and SmackDown, which I would not mind. I would not mind at all. If they do the King and Queen of the Ring tournaments on Raw and SmackDown and we get eight men, eight women, and we get those matches to take place on TV, maybe we'll get some qualifying matches to get in the tournaments like we used to get in the 90s. WWE would focus on those tournaments, give some priority and some meaning to Raw and SmackDown, Make those shows a little bit more watchable. And then we do the finals of the King and Queen of the Ring at the show anyway in Saudi Arabia instead of naming it and giving it its own pay-per-view. Because it is now called Night of Champions. I, I don't know about you guys, consider the King and Queen of the Ring title a title in itself, right? I, I think winning that tournament is a title in itself. Why not just do the finals and have it make a little bit more sense that way while doing the entire tournament on Raw and SmackDown leading up to the show, while giving Raw and SmackDown a little bit more of a priority. I think it works. I think it works. Do I want it my way? Sure, I always want everything my way. Do I want the entire tournament on one given night? Sure. But I don't think this is the worst case scenario uh, in WWE. Also, which is the most important fact of the reason why this was changed, on May 27th, it will be 1,000 days for Roman Reigns and his universal title run. So you know, no matter who he is in the ring with, it is going to be a big deal. Is it going to be Cody? I don't want it to be Cody. I would rather Cody win it at SummerSlam. SummerSlam is a big, significant event for the Rhodes family. Does WWE find a challenger in the interim to take that spot and challenge Roman Reigns? Who could that be? I don't know. Could it be a returning Shinsuke Nakamura? I mean, I don't really want to put him, a returning superstar, in that role to just lose to Roman Reigns because nobody's beating Roman Reigns on 1,000 days. Unless it's Cody. And they really want to crown the Knight of Champions and really make it a big deal and have it go off big in Saudi Arabia and give them something big like they usually go out there and do. But who is going to be the next in line for Roman Reigns at this event for 1,000 days? So that is a big, big reason as to why they are renaming this event. They might have just renamed it specifically for Roman Reigns. So we will see what happens. Again, not the worst thing that WWE's done, even though I would love to see a King of the Ring tournament play out the way that it did 
in the early 90s on current WWE television, but we can't get what we want all the time. WWE is in talks, supposedly, with some new significant performers. Now, Triple H went on a signing spree, a hiring spree, when Vince McMahon was, I mean, gone. He wasn't really gone, but he was gone, and we did feel Triple H's presence and his influence on those early, early shows in August and in September. He went on a big hiring spree. Bray Wyatt, one of the biggest names they brought back. Braun Strowman, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Karrion Cross, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, Chelsea Green, Bronson Reed, Hit Row, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Tegan Knox, Sarah Logan, Emma, Dexter Loomis, and others were brought back to the company while Triple H was in charge in those early days of WWE Creative. Now, however, there haven't been any new signings in 2023. No established names coming in, no big free agents coming on in, and this led to rumors of WWE undergoing a hiring freeze in 2023, which is now being amplified because the company was sold, quote-unquote, to Endeavor, which obviously you guys, you guys know that WWE will be merging with UFC at the end of this year to form a new company. Now, McMahon will be the executive chairman of WWE on this side, and once the transaction is made, obviously there will be budget cuts. And everybody knows that there will be budget cuts. Nick Khan was just on an, on an interview that just leaked now. Uh, apparently, this was nine days ago. And I'll go over a couple of things that he said, because this story lines up with what I want to talk about next. Nick Khan said about nine days ago, this was around April 6th or so, right after WrestleMania, uh, there will be budgets. There will be budgets that need to be met, payroll that needs to be met. There will be cuts. Cuts are basically going to happen. He didn't outright say it in that way, but he said that there will be at least $50 million in cuts. And the rumor right now, the number going around, is that there will be 50 to $100 million in budget cuts for WWE once this transaction is completed at the end of the year. Now, typically, when a company is looking to sell or be acquired, it will not hire any new talent and will try to cut costs as much as possible to make the company look more profitable. That's exactly what's going to happen with this with the WWE being sold to Endeavor. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that there is no hiring freeze, and WWE remains in talks with significant performers and free agents, although he didn't mention who those wrestlers are. Now, Ringside News, taken with a very, very small grain of salt, uh, first reported that there is not a hiring freeze in WWE. Meltzer went on to say that there is no hiring freeze. Sean Ross Sapp mentioned it in a Fightful Select piece that he put up on Select, saying that, that the term hiring freeze was not really used, but it's pretty evident that WWE hasn't hired anybody in 2023 at all, zero, compared to 2022 when Triple H first took over. So to say hiring freeze and think hiring freeze, I mean, those people aren't really wrong. They didn't hire anybody. He's correct. So what are people to think at that point? Maybe they put a stop on everything. Then you hear the sale of the company happening, and then things kind of line up. WWE, uh, apparently, according to Meltzer, it says there is no hiring freeze, has been reported in many places within the company. WWE is still a business, and it's running business as usual when it comes to hiring and in talks with significant new performers. WWE let Brian Cage go. Now, I don't know if that was WWE's end or Brian Cage made that decision for himself. They let Brian Cage go. 
They opted to not entertain bringing back FTR. They were about to be free agents in April. Now, FTR came out, publicly said that they didn't want to go to WWE anyway, that their heart is still in AEW, that AEW gives them more freedom, more time to do what they want with their lives, with their families, to work New Japan, to work the indies, uh, if they so choose. So it's more flexible with AEW, so that's why they opted to stay there. The one thing that's baffling me is they let Jay White just go. There was no, I mean, there were there were reports that WWE were confident that they were going to bring in Jay White, but where did that confidence go? Because Jay White showed up on AEW Dynamite not too long ago, two weeks ago. I don't get it. How, how are you going to let somebody like that who would be perfect under a Triple H-led WWE, he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the in-ring ability, he's got the promo ability, uh, he's 30 years old, for Christ's sakes. You're going to let that guy just walk and not show him any interest. You don't want to bring him in. Whose decision was that? Was that Triple H's decision? Because I don't think Triple H said, you know why? Yeah, you know why? We'll give you a call in four years. No, that was a Vince McMahon call. Is there a hiring freeze? I don't know. Is that the terminology that is being thrown around in WWE? Sure. What are they to think? But when Jay White is out there and then you don't bring someone like that in, knowing that he could be a major player in WWE, what are people to think? If you don't bring in Jay White and you just let him go to the fucking competition, I'm going to say hiring freeze as well. Because they haven't brought in anybody. If that was the first guy you brought in this year, that would be a major fucking signing. But they let him walk. So what are people to say and what are people to think? They're going to think hiring freeze. They let this guy go. They're not bringing in anybody. If you're not bringing in Jay White, then I don't think you're bringing in anybody, really. Who else is there? Who else is there that's on that magnitude of pro wrestler right now that you have uh, your fingertips on? Nobody. I don't get it. WWE will be cutting budget at the end of the year. I'm genuinely concerned. For all the names that I just mentioned, I am genuinely concerned from the uh, majority of these names. All these names... They were brought back with promises. First of all, let me go back before that. They were fired because of budget cuts. Whatever happened during the pandemic, WWE let them go. Whatever was being facilitated to to Vince via Bruce or John Laurinaitis and whatever sick, demented fucking decision they came to to release some of these names, that's on them. We knew it was fucked up. You know WWE is very superficial with some of these names. Right, Dakota Kai and Dexter Loomis and Chelsea Green and Bronson Reed and Hit Row. You, you can name any reason why they were let go. Superficial is definitely one of them. WWE let a lot of these names go. Then they were hired by Triple H to give them a new lease on life, a second chance. He brought back all of these names because he knew that they were wrongfully terminated. Now they are going through the same thing again. They're walking on eggshells again, and they're worried about their job security again because they're right back in the same position that they were in during the pandemic where WWE was looking to cut budget. These are the first names that Vince McMahon is going to look at. Triple H has absolutely no say on this. He cannot save them. Vince McMahon will do what is best for the company, which at right now, I don't really think he gives a shit about the company. He was never about to sell the company, as you guys know. But he will look at these names, and these will be the first names that he lets go. It's going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. So new significant performers, I don't know what that means. 
I don't know if WWE really needs to bring in much of anybody. Like, Jay White would be an obvious. Matt Cardona, if he was a free agent, that would be an obvious. They've signed Eric Young, supposedly. He's been with the company since November, has not been assigned to a brand, just paying him whatever the fuck they're paying him. Hasn't made it to TV yet. Is that going to happen with the draft? I don't know. Does WWE theoretically think about this? Do they need to bring in anybody? They have a sea of talent on NXT television that's ready to be called up. Mix that with the current crop of talent you got on the main roster. There's a lot of fucking names there. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Do they really need to go out there and hire new significant performers? No, maybe one or two. But they have everything they need in NXT. They have about four or five different people, men and women, in NXT that are ready to get called up to the main roster that would add a huge depth to the roster on Monday and Friday night. It's going to be a very interesting situation. Budgets will be cut, and I know it will lead to uh, vigorous backlash when it does happen, but we'll see who these new significant performers are. You let Jay White go. I don't know how many new significant performers are still left out there uh, in the world of pro wrestling that WWE is going to be interested in bringing back. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of bringing back, WWE is said to be surprised, or they would feel surprised, if Edge, Adam Copeland, jumped ship to AEW after his current contract is up this year. Now, there's a lot of speculation going on amongst fans regarding a potential reunion of Edge and Christian. Christian's speaking very uh, cryptically online. Uh, or not online, on Dynamite, I should say. And, and the last time we saw him on television, where he was featured with Luchasaurus, is, is he said, things are going to be a lot different. Things are going to change. Now, nobody knows what that means. Nobody knows if that means Luchasaurus is going to be more brutal, more vicious, uh, more of a heel than we've seen him before. Uh, I don't know what that means for Christian. And, and as far as his direction goes on AEW television, he's been a very, very bright spot on AEW television when he's been there. But I don't know what that means, what the end game is for Christian and Luchasaurus. A lot of people are now contributing this to possibly meaning Edge is coming on into AEW. Edge signed a three-year deal with WWE for $3 million per year in early 2020, with time likely added to it because he missed some time due to injury. Christian went to AEW in 2021 after being medically cleared that same year and worked the 30-man Royal Rumble match. Now, there was talk of Christian wanting to do one more tag team match or run with Edge 
in WWE. The only problem is time. It depends on Christian's contract status with AEW. Also, Edge has stated that he wants his last match in his hometown of Toronto. He doesn't have a timetable yet for his retirement, and there are currently no premium live events slated to take place in the city of Toronto for WWE this year. And he's not going to retire on a SmackDown or a Raw. That's not really what uh, I would look forward to as far as uh, Edge's retirement, especially after being away for nine years, and he rewrote and ended his story the way he wanted to. After the report came out, some had speculated that if Christian still had a lot of time left on his AEW deal, then perhaps Edge could make the jump to AEW. Wrestle votes this week told GiveMeSport.com that WWE higher-ups are not expecting Edge to do that. He says, and I quote, if he retires the summer in Toronto, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if he finishes his current deal and then goes to AEW. WWE would be surprised too. Even though you've got Christian's factor, you know they could team one more time and wrestle each other one more time. I'd be surprised if he wrestles past WWE. WWE would be very surprised as well. Well, you know, they were surprised where John Moxley left the company and he said that he wanted to think about his options. His deal ran out and he ended up and he ended up joining AEW. Remember when John Moxley first joined the scene in AEW? You know, the way he left WWE is that he left them basically hanging. Right? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'm going to go home and think about it and then all of a sudden he's filming vignettes and then he shows up at Double or Nothing and he's getting into a fucking feud with Kenny Omega. I don't know if Edge is going to do that to WWE. You know, Moxley had every reason to be fucking, you know, fuck the world and fuck everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. But WWE gave Edge the platform to come back, paid him incredibly well, more so than a lot of people on that roster. This may be the last time he sees that type of money with the WWE now merging with the UFC and Endeavor buying the company. So that could be a factor into what he wants to do with his career next. Is he going to get the same amount of money? That he's making now, or is he going to be able to go to Tony Khan and maybe make a little bit more than what he's making now? Because you know Tony Khan would love to have somebody like Edge on AEW television. But at the end of the day, Edge is the type of guy that I feel will remain loyal to WWE, not only because of what they've given him and the platform they gave him to do it and cleared him to come back after nine years. His wife is there. His wife is a big part of the company, a big women's wrestling ambassador for the company. I don't think Edge is going to do something that's going to deteriorate that relationship. I mean, that would be a huge fucking blow. I mean, that would be that would be a huge fuck you to WWE. And he knows it and WWE knows that. And they would act accordingly with that. I mean, they'd banish him probably from every fucking vignette and video package that they have in the last three years. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Could I see him in AEW? Sure. Do I want to see him in AEW? No, I don't. I don't. We're at a point right now where AEW's got their own fucking problems, adding Edge on top of all the problems that they have to get him in a feud with Christian or get him in a tag team element with Christian. Do we really want to do that? I mean, I understand the marks out there would love to see a new brood in 2023 with Edge leading this new group with Christian and Luchasaurus. I I get it. I get it, man. Play that shit out on a video game. Not going to happen in real life. I don't want to see Edge go to AEW. We got so many other fucking people that aren't getting TV time. Bringing in another WWE legend is not going to fix the current problems that AEW has. They are only going to amplify those problems. 
So yes, it's fun to think about, but if WWE is in a position to sign Edge or let him go, I think they're going to sign him to no matter what he wants. That's the type of guy, if he's able to go and is still healthy, you give him another year. You don't have to sign him to a three-year, $3 million. Give him another year and build his retirement year if that's what he wants. Why would you let him willingly walk? I don't get it. He's staying with WWE. Same with this other fucking shit. Uh, who else is there in the rumor mill that's being talked about that uh, a lot of people are thinking he's going to jump ship? I, I don't know. There was another name out there that people, uh, Drew McIntyre. You, you think Drew McIntyre, I, I might as well talk about that now. He blocked out his social media. You think Drew McIntyre is going to end up going to AEW because there's a fucking show at Wembley Stadium? Give me a break. He blacked out his Twitter account. He removed all WWE reference. You know, this could mean anything. We've seen people do it before in the pet. We've seen Bailey do it. We've seen Seth Rollins do it. I don't know why they did it. It might have been tweaks in their character. Drew McIntyre is not going heel, though it could be a welcome change. Uh, it may happen. I don't know. I would uh, not have a problem with that. Uh, he's not leaving the company. He's got... Right now, some current time left on his, on his contract. Within the next nine months, it's being rumored that he's a free agent. And he's going to rumor is that he's going to let his contract run out. So I don't know. I don't know what this means. The one thing I do attribute this to is that this is one hell of a negotiation tactic. Yeah, I'm going to remove my references of where I work from my social media pages. going to black out my shit and just pretend like I'm going on strike. I'm not coming back. And he already feels like his creative is shit. He's unhappy with his creative. He doesn't feel like they've offered him the money that he deserves. So he's taking a stand on social media. He's letting it know, be known to the public and his fan base. This is what's going on without actually saying it. Because if you say it, then you're going to look like the bad guy. But he's done it in such a way where he can't really get in trouble. He, he wants what he wants. And he's taking a stand by doing this on social media, blacking out his Twitter and removing the references of WWE on social media. It's a negotiation tactic. I don't think that Drew McIntyre is jumping ship to AEW. Though, like I said with Edge, Tony Khan would love to have Drew Galloway all elite. But again, they have their own problems. They have so much over there. Why do you need to add another ex-WWE guy onto the list of fucking roster problems that you currently have right now? Probably nothing more than a negotiation tactic as far as Drew McIntyre is concerned. I would not look too much into it at all. What I really want to look into is money in the bank. There's a lot of names out there that could potentially win money in the bank. Some of them may not even be on the WWE main roster right now. But there is a leading candidate to win money in the bank this year, and his name is L.A. Knight. And that makes me very happy. The wrestling account on Twitter, WRKD Wrestling, some insider wrestling account. It's got a good track record of breaking some stories. Is reporting right now that LA Knight is being discussed internally as a leading candidate to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. The last we heard on Knight is that he will be elevated this year, and the WRKD Wrestling report lines up with that. That's coming from WrestlingNews.co, who earlier in the year reported. That WWE higher-ups at uh, Titan Tower are very happy with LA Knight and the crowd reactions that he's been getting. And they are impressed with how he's rolled with the creative that was given to him during his storyline with Bray Wyatt. 
And those that WrestlingNews.co reported, uh, those that they spoke to, were under the impression that Triple H wanted to give Knight a bigger push after WrestleMania. And that lines up with this current report as well. I know a lot of people are, are, are concerned about LA Knight losing. He's losing much more than he is winning. This lines up with that report. I don't know where Vince McMahon sits on all this. I really don't know how much say he has in what happens with LA Knight. But it, it's definitely something that a lot of people are taking notice of. And Vince is not stupid. He sees, and I'm sure he hears what's going on. He's got every fucking, he's got his paws and his fingerprints and literally everything that goes on. He's got to hear it. He's got to see it and understand the reaction that LA Knight's getting. He may not understand it. He may not be the type of guy that wants to push somebody like LA Knight because LA Knight's a little older than, you know, some of the other members on the roster. He's in his late 30s, 37, I believe. Not typically the type of guy that Vince McMahon would want to push. Because of how old he is. But LA Knight's got the makings of a megastar. He he could speak. He's he's got a great look. He's a great wrestler. I don't know why you would not push someone like that as at least a top-tier guy on a brand specifically. I'm not saying he's got to be the face of WWE. But pushing someone like that to be a top-tier act on a brand like SmackDown. I mean, that, that works for me. And I think that would work well for WWE. Vince McMahon's got this thing. And this is why I mentioned Vince McMahon here instead of Triple H. Triple H loves LA Knight. Obviously, we know how he loves LA Knight. He brought LA Knight into NXT. He changed LA Knight uh, back to his current form from what he was given under Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard with the Maximum Male Models and Max Dupree. Uh, Triple H took over and said, I got to get rid of this shit. What is this shit? That's why I really don't understand why the Maximum Male Models was still on TV, but then you got LA Knight going and doing LA Knight and not doing Max Dupree anymore. So... It was a little bit of a mind fuck. Like, who the fuck's in charge here? That was one of his priorities. He's going to do it. He had to do it. And, and look at how it's benefited, not only SmackDown, but Triple H's run is creative. LA Knight returning to form is one of the best creative decisions that Triple H has done in his time running creative. Roman Reigns, the bloodline story, incorporating Sammy, Sammy Zayn is a priority in that storyline. That was great. I know Triple H had a hand in that. Then you got uh, Gunther and his run with the Intercontinental title. That may be at the top of his list. And building up Gunther to be the next mega star, the next mega villain in WWE. Bringing back those titles to mean something and give them prestige again. I mean, LA Knight definitely falls in the top five of top creative decisions that Triple H has done in his run on the main roster. So having him win money in the bank is great. But like I said before, a lot of people are, are, are concerned that he's losing. But this is a Vince McMahon thing. This is a Vince McMahon motto, right? This is Vince booking with Vince McMahon one-on-one. You're going to lose, 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 lose. And then you're going to end up winning money in the bank. And in one night, you're the number one contender for either world championship, whether it's split by the time we get there. Monday Night Raw's get their world championship back. He he will be in line for a WWE title opportunity, a universal title opportunity, you know, now that we're talking about L.A. Knight and guys like L.A. Knight winning money in the bank, we're, we're closer to Roman Reigns losing those championships as well because it's a little bit easier to digest with L.A. Knight winning money in the bank and him cashing in on a Cody, right, or anybody but Roman. You know, they might as well not even have a money in the bank if Roman's not losing the championships this year, which I, I, I feel he is losing. So L.A. Knight winning is a great deal, but the string of losses that you see on television – Gonna have to let you guys know that it's not that big of a deal because if he's the odds-on favorite, he's gonna be the number one contender for the world championship 
or world championships, it's not going to really make the losses seem that big of a deal. Now, if he wins the briefcase and continues to lose, that's the problem I have. That They have a plan for him, so the losses right now don't really matter, and they will accumulate to him winning the briefcase. But if he wins the briefcase, that's when we should start seeing him win. Because that's the mentality I never understood with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon thought that, yeah, we'll give him the briefcase, he could lose because he's still the number one contender for the world championships. No, it doesn't work that way. Vince McMahon left out one huge glaring problem. He, he left out the one big thing that people look at. If he loses as the number one contender for the, brief, for the world championships and he's got that briefcase, when he wins it, do you want him to feel like a fluke champion? Do you want to feel... Do you want him to feel like a, a middle-of-the-road champion? Or do you want him to accumulate wins, feel dominant, cash in, win, and feel like a champion that deserves it at the end of that cash-in? That's the part I never understood. So why are we going about doing that in this manner? But if LA Knight is the guy, I have no problem with that. Cody is also a top contender. If he doesn't beat Brock Lesnar in Puerto Rico, because that match is going to be announced on Monday, I believe, for the main event of Backlash, if he doesn't beat Brock, his only way in may be even more adversity, getting into the Money in the Bank ladder match, winning that briefcase, and becoming the number one contender, cashing on Roman at SummerSlam. I would not mind that either. Because that, that's the adversity that I'm talking about. The road to Cody's path to the world championship. I love it. But then you're taking an opportunity away like LA Knight here, taking an opportunity away from somebody like LA Knight. They got a couple of options. Cody Rhodes, Gunther, L.A. Knight, I mean, the Money in the Bank field this year is going to be a lot more open than it has been in previous years. I'm very excited about what they do there, especially it being in London. Going to be a great crowd. And we'll end with the big one, guys. We'll end with the big one. CM Punk is on his way back. We all know this. But now there is a report that AEW is set to debut a new show on Saturday night called Collision. A two-hour show from 8 to 10. It will be live. And their debut show is set for June in Chicago with CM Punk likely to be the top star for the brand. Now, I want somebody to correct me if I am wrong in the comments. I don't know a lot about WCW because I was not somebody that watched WCW full-time. I watched it here and there when I was over my grandma's at 6 p.m. I used to watch uh, WCW Saturday night. Uh, I used to watch Thunder here and there. But didn't they try the same thing with WCW Thunder where Hogan was going to be the top guy on Nitro and then they brought guys in like Bret Hart and they were going to build Bret Hart or maybe Goldberg on Thunder and, and kind of separate the rosters soft to give that show some specific star power while Nitro had the NWO shit going on. Was that the mentality there for WCW back in the day? I don't know if that's going to work this year. I don't know if that's going to work in this instance with CM Punk. There's a lot more negative and a lot more questions that I have uh, with this being a top story. Now, it was originally reported by Andrew Zarian of Matt Men Podcast in March that AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery were closing in on a deal to add a third show similar to Rampage, indicating a one-hour show, and teased it could air on Saturday nights. Mistake. Mistake. You don't want anything that's mimicking Rampage because Rampage is a failure. You don't want that. Rampage is in the mud. 
They clearly don't give a shit about the show. It's at a terrible time slot. It's taped. They haven't made it feel important since the opening night of Rampage. Since the first dance. And then that, that, that first show. That's it. You do not want it to be similar to Rampage. It needs to be like Dynamite. Rampage is not like Dynamite. It's more like Dark. So that's mistake number one. It needs to be live. If this show is going to air on Saturday nights, it needs to be live every week. It needs to be two hours, and it needs to be a compliment to Dynamite, that forward storyline's coming out of Dynamite. It needs to be in sync with Dynamite. AEW recently trademarked AEW Collision for entertainment services within the United States, and this is the rumored name for the new show. It was later reported that the show might be premiering in July. AEW recently nixed a Rampage event from Friday, July 14th, and added a TV event on Saturday, July 8th, from Saskatchewan. Now, reports came out this week that CM Punk is returning to the promotion with the tentative plan for it to happen on the June 21st edition of AEW Dynamite in Chicago. As previously reported, AEW might have an idea to ease the tension among those who don't like Punk and vice versa by putting him on the Saturday show and separating the roster by rating the roster between the two shows. Andrew Zarian reported today on the Matt Men podcast that he'd been told the Saturday show will be premiering in June as a two-hour program from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. The announcement is expected to be made in mid-May. He says, and I quote, Here is what I understand. This show looks to be starting on June 17th in Chicago, a Saturday night show. I'm hearing it's a two-hour show from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. They may be preempted some days. I don't know. That's me interjecting based on how these things work. I also believe... This is going to be on TNT. Multiple people I spoke to said already, probably on TV, uh, TNT. So that makes it even harder, especially during the NBA fucking playoffs. Zarian noted the show is supposed to be called Collision. It was pointed out that there is not currently an AEW show announced for June 17th. That will likely change once the show is officially announced. He goes on to say, and I quote, maybe I'm wrong on the date. Don't hold me to that. I believe I heard it was June. What are you going to do? A Saturday show in the same building and then go to Dynamite? Maybe I'm wrong here. Now I'm very confused by this. Maybe I had something different in my notes. I'll check on it. Either way, I heard it's June. I heard the announcement is coming in mid-May. Now the TV upfronts for TNT, TBS, Warner Media, where all the networks announced their new programming, takes place in a month just before the Collision debut show. On CM Punk, Zarian said, and I quote, I think Punk is being very humble. I know that he really wants to make this work. From what I've been told, I think he realizes what an absurd moment this was for them. At the end of the day, he knows the importance of wrestling and the wrestling business and the success of AEW and how important this is for the entire industry, end quote. AEW soft splitting the rosters is what I heard. Now, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is what they're going to do. I, I want to start at the top here, man. You know, I, I, I said this I said this months and months and months ago. You may not remember what I said, but, you know, I, I like to put my tinfoil cap on at times. I like to put my conspiracy theory uh, aspect out there at times. I, I said it when... 
the AEW All Access show was about to debut. And we saw the likes of Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and, and their shit being played out on television. I, I saw the likes of Sammy Guevara and, and whoever else he was feuding with. I believe it was Eddie Kingston on the show. That being played out on television. Adam Cole and everything that happened there, that played out on television. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't hurt. I be, obviously, I believe he was hurt, but played out on television, made it into a reality series. Tony Khan is on the show. The Elite have mentioned the brawl-out situation on the show. I'm assuming that'll be the season finale of the show. I said it then, and I'm going to reiterate it now. Are we being worked? It's a viable, a viable topic. It's a viable feeling in this instance. Are we being worked? Because everything that happened is now being showcased on television. Not really out of the realm of possibility. WWE, uh, AEW rather, loves working their fan base, more so than WWE. They, they, they take great pleasure in working their fan base, does AEW. They want to they wanna hide everything behind the fucking curtain, and they want to they wanna briefly let you peek in, but not too much. Tony Khan answers no questions. He answers nothing legitimately. He's, everything's a fucking secret. Are we being worked? If you came out there and said, I feel like it's all a work. I, listen, man, that's your opinion. You, you have every right to feel that way. Do I feel it's a work? Deep down, no. I don't. I think punk blew up. I think people got ahead of themselves and made it feel a lot worse than it really should have been. You know, shit talking here and personal grudges here and egos here and, you know, all this other shit that happened. Shit that, you know, is nonsensical not really at the forefront of what they should be doing. It's nothing, it's not like a murder was committed here and we can't forgive. I mean, it was nothing more than words and and, and talking back and forth, shit talking each other, like fucking children in a playground, like high school students. That's exactly what they were. It's nothing that can't be solved by sitting down and talking like adults and human beings. But the egos of these pro wrestlers, they, they reach such high level that, you know, they, they think who they are, and they can't get past this little minor problem. At the end of the day, what is the most important thing? Your fucking ego, the way you feel, or AEW? AEW, at the end of the day, is most important. Punk knows it. Paige knows it. Omega, Matt, Nick, Tony Khan. They all know it. Jericho knows it. FTR knows it. At the end of the day, it is about AEW. They love AEW. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Punk would not have come out of retirement And I mean this wholeheartedly. Punk would not have come out of retirement because he could have joined any fucking promotion if he wanted to wrestle. He would not have joined AEW if he did not believe in the fucking company from the word go. And he knew a lot of the people there. And yeah, they paid him more than anybody else, which is obviously a huge reason why he could come out of retirement as well. But I mean, Punk was being offered that type of money from anyone. Obviously, he would have made that money from anyone. What does it take? Talk to me. Talk to me. He would have made his money regardless. Tony Khan just gave him the money that he's paying him. But at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's about how he feels. Because this man was gone for seven years. He could have done anything. He could have stayed retired. He didn't have to come back to pro wrestling. But he came back to pro wrestling. Because he believed in what? The Bucks created, he believed in what Tony Khan invested in, he believed in what Omega created here with the Bucks and the Elite. He knows all these guys too. They all have the same fucking history, the same love and the passion for pro wrestling. That hasn't changed. 
That hasn't changed at all. It's about what is most important to AEW. They know it. All in at Wembley is going to be just as significant, if not more significant, than what they did at the Now Arena five years ago for the first All In show. Hearts, minds, and spirits, the love of everybody came together on that one night to produce a wrestling show that resonated to this day with wrestling fans all over the world. It was the reason why AEW was born. They went out there to show their perception on pro wrestling. They wanted to show what they could do as an alternative brand to WWE, which is still the same fucking message that we have right now. And All In now at Wembley is going to be even more important with those same exact values amplified times 80,000 at Wembley Stadium. They all know that. The same reasons why you came together for that show, Punk wasn't a part of it. Sure, Punk was a a, a big uh, supporter in that wherever he was. But the same reasons why that show happened, the same reasons why you came together for that show, the same reasons why you're going to get together for this show and put on this show in London at Wembley Stadium. So what's the problem here? The problem is Punk. The problem is the elite. The problem is still these petty back and forth arguments. Punk has been off social media outside the one blow up on Instagram. He's been silent. He's been quiet. You got Jericho throwing pot shots. You got this one set being uh, uh, Brandon Cutler of all fucking people online the other day deleted a tweet because Deadspin Magazine wanted to say that CM Punk was gaslighting AEW. The fuck does Brandon Cutler have to say about anything? When did Brandon Cutler draw a fucking dime in anything he did? Why are you talking? Why are you amplifying this problem more than you need to in front of social media audiences? Why? Shut the fuck up. It's not about what you want or what you think. It's about what Tony Khan thinks. If Tony Khan wants Punk back, then the elite, Jericho, Page, Brandon Cutler, and everybody else is going to take a fucking backseat to what Tony Khan wants to do. If Tony wants Punk back, then Tony's going to bring Punk back to television. If Warner wants to bring Punk back to television, then Tony Khan has no choice but to bring Punk back to television because his hands at that point would be tied because they are his boss. Why are we amplifying this worse than we have to? Now you want to split the fucking rosters because Punk is on his way back and you don't want to work with fucking CM Punk? So we're going to have soft roster splits now in AEW because of Dynamite not wanting to work with Punk and the roster that shows up on Dynamite every day, they don't want to work with CM Punk. I mean, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Like, you're never going to have Punk in your locker room again? You're going to avoid Punk for the duration of your time in AEW? Why are we acting like children? How is a soft brand split going to solve any fucking problems in AEW? What was the point of starting Ring of Honor? Your roster problems are one of the big, big, big problems right now in AEW. You want to make that worse? What the fuck was the point of Ring of Honor then? They don't even have a solid roster. Your roster over on Ring of Honor considers them, I consider them an AEW roster. Look at the champions they have there. Claudio, Ring of Honor talent, but he's the AEW, uh, he's an AEW superstar, Ring of Honor world champion. The Lucha Brothers, they're an AEW tag team, but they're the Ring of Honor tag team champions. Samoa Joe was signed to Ring of Honor, or to uh, AEW, he's the Ring of Honor TV champion. Like, we don't, have, we don't have dedicated rosters. Their roster problems are very much a problem. But that's what Ring of Honor was for. One of your first order of businesses 
was when Ring of Honor went to Honor Club, you should have made a dedicated roster. Brian Cage is an AEW superstar. He's a fucking Ring of Honor six-man tag team champion. One of the first order of business you should have did was separate the fucking rosters with Ring of Honor becoming its own viable brand on Honor Club. They need their roster. Eddie Kingston's another one over there who's an AEW talent but working Ring of Honor. Wheeler Yuta. I mean, give me a fucking break with this shit. They should have had their own dedicated roster. Why they don't, I don't know. But now you want to go and do more soft roster splits because they don't want to work with CM. What are we, in fucking grade school? What, what is this shit? A bunch of fucking children in the playground arguing. Oh, you can't be in my sandbox. Get out. What happened to the spirit of all in? You don't want to be all in? Punk wants to be back, supposedly. He wants to work with everybody, supposedly. So why don't you put your fucking egos away and sit down with him and talk it out? You don't have to be best friends. You don't have to fucking go out to dinner. You don't have to fucking ask about each other's families. You don't have to do jack shit. I'm not asking you to fucking go to a baseball game together and fucking sit there and share Cracker Jacks. I'm asking you to show up to work like you never had a fucking job before and you hated the motherfucker that's sitting in the cubicle next to you, but you do your job. Because you want to get ahead and be the best you can be and do the best you can for the company. You know, how many, how many people out there watching me have had a fucking problem with people that they work with every single day? You don't like them. They're boring. He smells. He's got fucking rotten teeth. He smokes. He smells like weed every time he comes into the office. My boss is a fucking prick. I can't stand him. Right? But you do your job. Why can't we do this here? Why is this such a fucking problem? I mean, the egos of these guys is ridiculous, man. It's actually a turnoff, to be quite honest with you. You're going to soft split the rosters. For what? That's only going to amplify the fucking problem. I don't want to have to watch a fucking show. Now, CM Punk is the only guy I'd probably go out of my way for. If you want to dedicate him to a show, oh, you can only watch CM Punk on Saturday Night Collision. If CM Punk is on a Saturday night, I'll make my I'll make my decision based off that. If Punk is watching, or if Punk is on Saturday night, and I have to watch Punk on Collision only, I'll go out of my way to watch CM Punk on Collision. MJF is the only other talent in this company that if you put him to a specific brand and told me, you can only watch MJF on Saturday night, I'd probably go out of my way to watch Saturday night every time he is on. I don't want to have to do that here. I don't want to. Why would you do that to your fan base? Children, absolutely childish behavior. It's not going to solve your problems. It's only going to amplify the fucking problems that you have right now with the roster. Soft brand split. This is not WWE. How many people don't want, how many people, I've been, I've been calling for an end of the brand split in WWE for years. We have to live with it, so we have to find ways to make it work. I hate it. I hate it. Now you're going to do that with AEW? What's next? More championships? What's next? Two world titles? Give me a break. Give me a break. If anything, the roster needs to be cut by at least 30%. Get Ring of Honor their own roster. Give AEW and Collision fucking meaning. Dynamite. Whatever, whatever happens on Dynamite bleeds into Collision. Rampage is a lost cause. I don't give a fuck. I don't even watch Rampage. Make it a dark taping. I don't give a fuck. But you want to soft split the rosters because nobody wants to be in the same locker room as CM Punk? 
What about talking this out like fucking men and then having Punk address the locker room that he was wrong and he apologizes? We can't accept apologies? I get it, Punk. You might not trust him. You know, one blow-up happened in September. How many other blow-ups did he have? How many other blow-ups is he capable of? Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But you don't think this man is going to be... Re- if, if that's the case, if he comes back, you don't think this man has been reprimanded by Tony Khan, reprimanded by Warner Media. Warner Media is investing a lot of fucking money in this company. You don't think they have a say in what Punk is going to do? You don't think that there is going to be restrictions on what Punk can and cannot do now? If he wants to make his money, he's got to play like a good little boy, just like everybody else. But at the end of the day... It's Warner Media and Tony Khan's decision. So you either deal with it or you don't. All this other talk about, well, this could be the decision that Tony Khan, you know, has to live with. If he brings Punk back, he could ultimately lose Kenny Omega and the elites. Why are you talking about that now when they got their own fucking problems over there and they're looking to shed $100 million in budget and there's a fucking hiring freeze over there? What are they going to do? They're going to go over to WWE, Vince McMahon still in charge. Yeah, let me push the young bucks on fucking television. That's going to be his priority? No, you built this. This is your kingdom here. Why are you going to go somewhere else? Because Cody Rhodes is succeeding over in WWE. Not yet. But why would you make that decision for you and your family and and turn your back on AEW? Because Spunk is back? I don't know, man. It's a really shitty situation. Again, I cycle back to what I said in the beginning. Are we being worked? Are we all being played for fools? I don't know. Talk it out. Live that fucking essence that you lived five years ago. Apply it here. Punk wants to be a part of it. Just work. Just work it out. Make money. Give the fans what they want. This is what everybody wants. The company needs it. You need that. The the company needs this. Coming from somebody that's watched every fucking Dynamite since day one. AEW's got some great fucking matches. they got some great shows. Their pay-per-views have been bangers. Dynamite's been largely the best show on television for your week. I'll give them that. But is there something there that is substantial? A storyline that is captivating week to week that people want to fucking be encouraged to go out and watch weekly? Is that happening on AEW television right now? The answer is no. The answer is no. This is that reason. This is the answer to that. What are they missing? They're missing that. The missing piece to the puzzle is right here. Tony Khan knows it. Jericho knows it. The elite knows it. Punk knows it. They all have to know it. They all have to know it. Get the job done. Stop being fucking children and get the job done. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the show today. If you did enjoy this show... Make sure you guys go out there and hit that thumbs up. I really appreciate it. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. And next time you see me live, we'll be on Monday night, following Monday Night Raw, right here on Off The Script. Enjoy Sundays, guys. I'll see you live right back here in the venue for Monday Night Raw on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.